Welcome to Catholic Radio for Katie Anna's presentation of Cajun Catholics. Here's your host, Todd Citron. Name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Father God, we come to you in the precious name of Jesus Christ, your Son. We thank you for the opportunity to approach the throne, not in our own righteousness, but in the righteousness of Jesus Christ, who paid for our sins with the blood that was shed on the cross, that covered everything that we have done in the past or will do in the future. We thank you for the opportunity to voice the testimony that we have today, and we thank you for the opportunity for the airwaves that are free and clear in America. We thank you for the opportunity to live in the land of the free and the home of the brave. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. You're listening to Cajun Catholics. I'm your host, Todd Citron. I'm just so privileged and honored to be here with Miss Nancy Tab Markintel, and she is a singer, songwriter, Louisiana legend, also uh, the head of the um, chairman of the board of the Pregnancy Center here in Lafayette, and also has many other endeavors with the uh, animal rescue. Welcome to the show, Miss Nancy. Thank you so much, Todd. It's such an honor to have you here on the show. Uh, the good Lord put us together through the back door a little bit, I think. <laughs> uh, uh, we had a, a wonderful lady at Hub City named Amy Whitaker who had heard you and uh, your cohort speak at, at her church, and she was so touched by that, by your voice, and so she says, you have to have her on the show. So here, here we are. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, I grew up in a very strong Catholic family. We were, my mom and dad were pillars of the church, and I always had a heart for God. I can remember being a little girl and getting up early during the weekdays and pedaling my bike to church to go to weekday mass before school. Even when it was cold, I would get up and pedal my bike to church. I always was seeking God. Oftentimes, I would just go by myself and go to morning mass. I always looked for, for God. I wanted to know Him. And, of course, my brothers were acolytes, and we always participated in all of the, the activities at the church. And uh, so we grew up in the church, and, went to, of course, I went to UL. At the time, it was USL, and participated in Catholic activities there. And then long after that, not too long after that, but I began singing, and I was teaching at the time, and I remember I auditioned to sing for Lawrence Welk, and I got to sing with him in Baton Rouge, uh, on stage in Baton Rouge, and his manager said, when she's ready to stop teaching and start singing, give me a call. (laughs) (laughs) How was it meeting him? It was so exciting because, you know, he was so popular at the time, and and he said to the audience, he said, I think we need a little French girl singing in our, he had a Spanish girl singing, and he said, I think we need a little French girl singing in our orchestra. And everybody went, wow, you know, it was exciting. When I was a kid, I'd hang out at my, my grandparents' house, and that was all that was always on TV. Oh, yeah. Lawrence Well. Oh, I yeah, can, Mom, Mama the bubbles, just right? The oh, bubbles. yeah, the champagne music, yeah. <laughs> That's so amazing. So uh, when did you... Like, at what point did you say, okay, I I may sing for a living? I mean, did that happen early on? When I was eight years old, my aunt gave me a book, says, How to Become a Professional Singer. Wow, there you go. (laughs) There's a book out there. (laughs) 
Well, when kids grow up, or then they're little kids and they're starting to grow up, and people say, what do you want to be when you grow up? And people, you know, kids say, I want to be a nurse. I want to be a teacher. I would always say, I'm going to become a professional singer. Uh-huh. I knew early, yeah. early. What songs do you remember as a child that really, uh, what was your favorite, either to listen to or to sing? Well, from early, and I can say this to this day, my absolute favorite song to listen to and to sing is Oh Holy Night. Oh, yeah. It is a fabulous song. So well constructed. And, okay, so I'm going to quote a little bit. I read a little bit about she coming before I had come here, and it says, she makes everyone with a Cajun soul proud of their heritage. Oh, sweet. Yeah. And so that caught my attention because, you know, a Cajun heart, they could have said a Cajun heart, but they said a Cajun soul. And that, I don't know, for me, there's a spiritual, you know, under underlying there. Tell me about that, you know, and I, I can relate. I mean, I just look at you and I see, I see Christ inside of you. But what, what is it about what you've done in your career that I guess has, has that spiritual side to it? I have done ambassador trips to Europe several times to represent Louisiana and our culture and I think that a lot of times we're misrepresented. We are uh, shown to be buffoons and <laughs> drunks and lazy, and all we do is party and have a good time. And I think that I represent more of the working class, and I like to talk about the family connections and the deep ties to our culture and how we are rooted in the soil here. Mm-hmm. Um, before the show, you and I were talking about how much we honor the soil here and that we we are proud of the culture here. And I think that we're not, we don't show that enough or the general media doesn't show that enough. And every time I've had the opportunity to represent Louisiana, I've made a point of showing that side of Louisiana that we're strong people we're connected people we're not silly drunks we are mm-hmm. we are intelligent people who work hard and we have had numerous people who have come out of our culture who have gone on to become great people who represent not only Louisiana but the United States of America well I'll paraphrase. I, I read uh, something that you said was sort of y'all's family motto: how if you do something, do it, do it great, right? I mean, how, how, anything how do you... worth doing is worth overdoing. Yes, <laughs> and I love that. And so I've had other guests on the show that have traveled, like you. You've traveled the world, probably. And one of the things I like to ask is why is the Catholic culture here different than in other places? And Almost always, people say it's it's the depth of the Catholicism here. It's 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 at other places there may be wide. It's maybe a lot of Catholics in different parts of the country, but in South Louisiana, it's deep. It's deep. We we want more. I think when I when I read your motto, that's how people feel about their faith in South Louisiana. They want more. And so you know, uh, I, I think in your life, uh, I'm just looking at it from thirty thousand feet that. You know, you've always desired more, and maybe the singing career was a, a way to these other things that you're doing in your life today, to dig down and um, give back to the community, but also to represent us so well. So how has that played into, how has have you parlayed the singing into what you're doing today? Well, name recognition is very useful <clears throat> when 
you go to people and ask them for money. That's yes. one thing. And since I'm in the the crisis pregnancy movement, it's it's a way of shining a light on that issue. Uh, it's it's close to my heart because. In 1973, of course, Roe versus Wade was sort of invented by the Supreme Court as a right to privacy, which was never in the Constitution. And in 1985, uh, met with a bunch of pastors, and we founded a pregnancy center and clinic. And to this day, we are a strong force in the Acadiana area. We kind of fly under the radar because if you don't really need a pregnancy center you're not we're not noticed mm-hmm. but when it's a necessary resource for a family or um, a young woman we we need to be open we can't just gin up a resource like that 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 has necessary infant clothes or di- diapers or or all the things that are needed for a woman in a crisis pregnancy. So we need to be continuing our ministry. That's why we go around to different churches and we tell people what we do. And everything we do is free. We have a a state-of-the-art ultrasound machine and we give free pregnancy tests and we, as I said, give out resources. And we guide them to government assistance like uh, WIC coupons and other things that they can take advantage of. And so this is why we need to be an ongoing ministry. So that's why we make people aware of what we're doing. That's why we need to keep going. The other thing that I do is I run an animal rescue foundation. I'm the founder of Animal Rescue Foundation of Louisiana, Mm -hmm. and we're better known here as ARFLA, and that is also my heart's work. (laughs) I have to say, people have asked me to write a book, and the first chapter is going to be, when I was three years old, the neighbor's dog bit me on the cheek, Mm -hmm. causing a severe injury, and my, thankfully, we lived across the street from the hospital. My daddy scooped me up, took me over, had 11 stitches in my cheek, came home with a big wad of gauze, you know, on my face, and daddy's going next door to kill the neighbor's dog oh, for man. hurting my his little precious. And I said, no, no, daddy, he just tasted me. <laughs> and daddy says, she's been saving dogs' lives ever since. And sure enough, when I was old enough to have some money in my pocket, I started this Animal Rescue Foundation and made a charity out of it so other people could help and have saved thousands of dogs' lives since 1998, partnering with other rescues around the country. And I have some wonderful testimonies from the dogs that we've saved as to how they related. And if you don't mind, I'll just share a couple of them that... Uh, are going to go in the book when I write it. One family came to me. uh, They wanted to adopt a dog. And this woman came and she had five children in tow. And she says, my kids want a dog. And I said, you know, the kids are not going to take care of the dog. And she looked (laughs) very harried. And I said, are you sure you want a dog? The kids want a dog. And I said, but you know, you're going to be the one taking care of the dog. Are you sure you want a dog? Yes, so, okay, I found a dog that was pretty calm so she wouldn't have, you know, another wild child in her house. And she said, yes, so I found a dog, and I said, look, 
how about you take it on a trial basis for a week and and I'll check in with you. So a week later, I checked in with her and I said, well, how's it going? And she said, you are never getting this dog back. And I said, what happened? And she said, I ran to the convenience store to get a bottle of milk. I came back. They were in a rent house. I came back and the I drove up in the driveway and I heard a dog barking, our dog barking and barking and barking and barking. And I jumped out of the car and they had a swimming pool, but it was locked off so the kids couldn't get to it. And she said the two-year-old had crawled through a hole in the fence and was in the pool and Mm. the dog had followed her through the hole and was barking and barking and barking and barking, trying to get the attention. The two-year-old had was clinging to the rope in the pool and she screamed at her husband, come, come help, come help, come help. So the dog had saved the two-year-old's life. That's one instance. And I'll give you one more. A child had lost his father. He was six years old. Very suddenly, he had died very suddenly. A young man had had a heart attack and died. And she said, my son hasn't spoken in three weeks since his dad died. And he, she said, I want to get him a dog. And I said, okay, I've got a very mellow dog that, that you can try. And so she took the dog home, and I called her about a week later. And I said, how's it going? And she said, well, he's not talking to us, but he is talking to the dog. Mm-hmm. I said, great. And that's just two in 20 years of of matching. Our motto is matching pets with people where dogs have made such a difference in the lives of families. And that's why I do this, the ministry of matching pets with people, people who are single, who are widowed, kids that need autistic children or, or crippled children or just families that need somebody to love you know so we we help the children who you know just need a pet or we help women who are in crisis pregnancies and that was all while i was still working Mm -hmm. now (laughs) i'm still singing that's a side job (laughs) that's a side job Well, you're listening to Cajun Catholics. Today's guest is Miss Nancy Tab Markintel, and she has a ministry for rescue dogs called Arfla. Did mm-hmm. I say that right? And uh, it's arfla.org. Okay. O-R-G. All yeah. right. And then also, she is the chairman of the board of the Pregnancy Center mm-hmm. in Lafayette, and yes. you're in a couple of locations, right? Oh, no, just, we just, just have Lafayette. one. It's on South College. Okay. Well, you remind me so much of my mom because my mom loved dogs oh, and we, she raised Irish setters. We lived in Youngsville and at one time we probably had 32 Irish setters oh running goodness. around in the country and, um, and mom started uh, the faith house in Lafayette. Um, yes. Yeah. And so she also, the Monsignor Segura Center, which became Catholic Charities and you know, you guys uh, are living some parallel lives. Yes. You know, uh, I see so much of you in her. And, and 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 as we were speaking earlier, like mom didn't want me to have a Cajun accent. You know, uh, it's not that we were ashamed at all, but you know, we were six boys, and we, we got we had the great luxury to travel some when I was a kid through through Ford and. And, um, you know, she just wanted us to, like you said, represent South Louisiana well and that t- to teach people around friends and, and family and, and people out in the community that we're, you know, we're not those backwards Cajun people, that we have a culture mm-hmm. and that uh, we have a lot to offer through our deep faith and through our uh, 
uh, I'll say we can be articulate. And, and I, I think you represent us so well. And uh, I thank you for that. So here's a question. I had a lab. I had several labs growing up, but one that I lost recently that broke my heart. And I went to my priest and I said, oh, Father, I just can't even get out of bed. I'm so I'm so grief stricken. And I said, I just have to know. I just really do. And I passionately asked him, are there dogs in heaven? And uh, he gave me that, that this Monsignor, I, I will remain nameless. He, he gave me that look like, no, <laughs> but, uh, but if you want him to be, you can. I don't know. What do you think about that? And maybe the <laughs> he gave the wrong answer. I know that, too. But uh, maybe that's it would be a good name for your for your book. Are there dogs in heaven? Of but, course, uh, there are dogs yes. in heaven. Of course, okay. I think so. And too. let me tell you why there are dogs in heaven. Jesus is coming back on a white horse. Isn't that right? That's right. Do you think God would have horses in heaven and not dogs? That makes sense to He's me. He's no respecter of persons. Why would he be a respecter of animals? Right. Okay. Number two. Aren't the front gates made of pearls? That's right. Where did he get the pearls? From the oysters. Uh-huh. Would he have horses and oysters and not dogs? <laughs> of course not. Didn't he say heaven would be a perfect place for us and we would have everything we want? Don't we love dogs? Absolutely. Don't we want our dogs there? We do. Of course we do. <laughs> of course they're going to be dogs. And if you want cats, <laughs> now, I don't know. About I'm not that. a cat I person know. too much. <laughs> I know. But if you want your cats up there, they'll be there too. It's like the great divide between like Catholics and Protestants and dogs and cats, you know. I mean, there just is a divide there. I, I don't know what to say about that. Uh, but we all we all are for all animals, I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> One time I was listening to a sermon and and, and the, the preacher said, okay, uh, don't go out of here and say that I said that dogs are going to be in heaven because I didn't say that. And I went up to him afterwards and I said, maybe your dog isn't going to be in heaven, but I guarantee you my dog is going to be in heaven. <laughs> yeah, I think the priests are reluctant to, uh, to, to preach on the dogs in heaven thing. So tell me, how would um, I know that... Um, that the pregnancy center needs money and and they have to uh, have that to be be sustainable. Yes. How, how can our listeners get involved there? Our website is apccforlife.com. apccforlife.com and you can make donations there. And we are strictly sustained by donations. Mm-hmm. We don't get government money. So everything we do is free for the ladies who cross our threshold. And we pray with them. We offer them Bibles. We offer them a prayer. And we do follow up with them in spite of what the liberals say. Oh, you just <laughs> want the baby born and then you abandon them. Mm-hmm. Not at all. We make hospital visits. We make home visits. We follow them. We follow them for more than a year. And if they let us, we stay in their lives. Mm-hmm. Um, so, no, we don't abandon them. How many people uh, actually work at the pregnancy center? We only have a staff of four. Wow. Now, we have a lot of volunteers so if somebody wants to volunteer and serve in our ministry, we love that. Mm-hmm. But we we only pay for people to come and help us. Well, I can tell that you're a very patriotic person. Oh, yes. And that also <laughs> you have in common with my mom because uh, we love our country. Uh, oh, yes. And uh, so I will ask you the question, being a Louisiana resident, uh, the Amy Coney Barrett, you know, recently 
uh, became on the Supreme Court from Louisiana, and obviously she's involved with something that's close to your heart. I think she's a good Catholic and mm-hmm. pro-life all the way. And, yes. uh, it must have warmed your heart. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, I prayed so fervently for her to be confirmed. Yes. It was beautiful. I've done a lot of patriotic events. I've sung for a lot of patriotic um, rallies. I actually had the pleasure of singing for our president right after he was elected. Wow. Yes. Yes, I was. I have a picture of Donald Trump and me, and That's he's given awesome. the thumbs up. <laughs> it's a great picture. That's fantastic. Yes. And um, I, when I was when I would sing for veterans and things like that, I would introduce myself and say, "I'm somewhere to the right of Rush Limbaugh." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you have that in common with my mom as well. <laughs> she loved politics and uh, from a distance, uh, which is always the best place, right? Um, but yeah, and I think that. Um, being a Catholic and Donald Trump has just he's been a great president he's a, he, I, I will say it on air and publicly he he is a inspiration to me um, I, I think what he's done for the pro-life movement and for religious freedom has been he's been like, a stalwart yeah, he a star. let me say he has grown into the office mm-hmm. he has been smart enough to take advice I think that uh, he he was very surprised when he was elected, and <laughs> then so and then he was smart enough to get good counsel. And of course, it, the scriptures say that a wise man takes good counsel. And he's been smart enough to uh, recognize those who were giving him bad counsel and get rid of them. And of course, the media made much of that, and they said, "Oh, he's he he takes them and he throws them to the side, and he takes them and he throws them." To, but he was smart enough to realize they were giving him bad counsel. Right. Yeah, he, he's quick to move, no yeah. doubt about it. Yeah. Um, so, Miss um, Nancy, tell us, um, how, how would you describe to our listeners uh, that God does truly exist? How has he shown up in your life uh, in a deep and profound way? Uh, maybe a story or two from, from your past. I've witnessed some miracles. I have seen God work in my life. Um, and sometimes they weren't the answers that I wanted. Sometimes I was praying very hard for something, and over a long time, I, I prayed for something over a, a long time. Five years, I prayed fervently, very, very deeply. And finally, I said, I've got to have an answer to this God. And I went on a self-imposed retreat for three days. I went up to Eureka Springs. I rented a cabin, and I went out in the woods every day. And one, the third morning, I went out into the woods, and I opened my Bible. And that's not, not always the best way to do it, but it worked this time. And I opened my Bible, and the first scripture that I read the answer jumped out at me and it seared my heart Mm -hmm. when I saw that scripture that was my answer that was my answer and it just it took that was my answer right I just knew it and and the thing that I was praying for was gone it was gone and I came home from that retreat completely at peace 
completely at peace. And I I knew it was a miracle. What was that scripture? It was, um, let me think. New Testament? Old Testament? No, no, it was Old Testament. Testament. And it was Psalms. I know it. I can quote it, but I I don't want to quote it because it's very personal. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. But, but it was in the Psalms. It was in the Psalms. It 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 was it was yeah. sweet. It was sweet. God's word, you know, and and it changes over time, doesn't it? You know, you read something, and and the next thing and stage in your life, you read the same thing, and it has a completely different meaning. Yes, to you, you know. That's why the the scriptures say that God's word is living. Yeah. You know, it's like it's like it's like a fle- It's like um. Food to our flesh, you know? It's like food to our flesh. God's word is living. It's not dusty. What type of music do you like to listen to today? Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Daddy would never let us listen to Christmas music until the day after Thanksgiving. <laughs> and then I became a music minister. And so I had to start practicing with the choir like in September, and I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I like... Um, I like gospel, and um, that's pretty much all I listen to. What do you think about Lauren Daigle being from Lafayette? Well, I have I have a bomb to drop on you. Bring it on. Okay, I was Lauren Daigle's first vocal coach. What? <laughs> I know, I know, I knew it was going to be a bomb. That's exciting. I was her first vocal coach. Yes, I love her. Good, because I, I want to tell you that she is the same as she was when I started teaching yeah. her when she was fifteen. Wow. And I am the one who got her to American Idol the first two times. Wow. Yeah. That is so cool. Yeah. And her Christmas album is amazing. Awesome. It, it, is, it the, is awesome. The song she wrote. Um, and her mom and I are still friends. Oh, man. She's so good. Yeah. I love her. We, we need to bring her back on the show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you can help me get her yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's so. That's fantastic. She touches my heart. My my old. Uh, I told you my oldest daughter had gotten married to someone from Jennings, and and uh, at the wedding uh, we we danced. Her and I danced uh, one of the long songs. Yeah, it was beautiful. It was it was really special. Well, that's awesome. Um, so, Miss Nancy, what what's on the agenda for you? God has really uh, pointed you in such a uh, a distinct and direct way, helping others. And um, so, the, how many people does the pregnancy center see on like how many normal like would you see on a daily uh, or we see yearly basis? Let's see, we see about uh, four or five a day. That's amazing. Yeah. So wow. Um, and we find that. As long as we can get them to agree to an ultrasound, we can change the abortion-minded one's um, hearts. Mm -hmm. So we have to keep current with our ultrasound machines so that they can agree to see. And most of the time they agree to an ultrasound. Mm -hmm. You know, that curiosity is is pretty strong in the the ladies. Mm -hmm. And and, uh, of late we've had to... uh, put our staff through training about sex trafficking because mm. I-10 has become a, a, a corridor for sex traffickers. Mm. You know, we do have a men's club in Broussard, so mm-hmm. sometimes they, the men bring them in for, you know, to mm. see if they're pregnant. So um, we have to be wise, wise as serpents and gentle as doves. Mm, I love it. Yeah. Well, 
that was the fastest 30 minutes ever. Oh my goodness, are we finished? <laughs> oh goodness. I know, you'll have to come back. We'll have to get you back on because it's just been such a pleasure having you and discussing our both our mutual love for Louisiana and the Lord and our country. Uh, just thank you so much for being you. Thank you for inviting me. It's you're, been great. You're such a blessing. You've been listening to Cajun Catholics. Our guest today was Miss Nancy Tab Markentel, just uh, just a real special person, and uh, I'm honored to have met her. And uh, just uh, really a special time. And uh, as always, we tell you to engage the Cajun Catholic in you here in South Louisiana. And uh, God bless you. And thank you, Miss. Thank Nancy. you so much. Bye.